Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. It's interesting. We can spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to go see our favorite band, our favorite football team, comedian, race car driver. We can see men and women screaming at the top of their lungs for just a glimpse of the person that they want to be. People fainting from exhaustion. Folks standing in 100 degree weather with thousands of other people just to hear their favorite song. Fans will stand in the frigid cold, literally snowing on them to root for their favorite football team. They'll stand in the freezing cold just to see their favorite gladiator on the field, right? Uh, Where does this passion and excitement come from? Is it because we want to be this person or that band or... Is it because of the fame, maybe? Maybe it's the money? I don't know. What I do know is if you spend enough time with any person, you're going to find out what they're passionate about. I can spend about 10 minutes with you, and if we have a conversation about what your favorite things are, I could, I'll be able to pinpoint it. Yep, he's a NASCAR fan, or nope, he hates NASCAR, or whatever it is. His favorite team's the Dodgers. Where are you at, Dick? There you go. I did, I, I've known that. My message today may sting a little bit, and that's okay. No finger pointing. I got one pointing right back at me. Got some thumbs going this way. Don't nudge the person next to you. It's going to be okay, I promise, all right? In the book of Jeremiah, he's telling the people of Israel how pointless it is to idolize and to fear idols and put them before God. Jeremiah 8, sorry, 10.8. People who worship idols are stupid and foolish. Things they worship are made of wood. I didn't write it. I did not write it. Ouch, though. Jeremiah 10, 11, tell them this. These gods who they did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. I love how straightforward the Bible can be sometimes. In Jeremiah, he's basically telling us, don't look at the foolish things of this world. Am I saying these things are bad? No, I enjoy them too. But they must be second to my love for the Lord Jesus Christ. I can have a favorite team. I can be passionate about a certain thing. But if that passion and excitement comes before my relationship with God, then I got a problem. These things are not eternal things on this world. We have to keep that in perspective. Let me just read it one more time. People who worship idols are stupid and foolish. The things they worship are made of wood. Lord, I'm guilty as charged. Help us, Lord, to put things in eternal perspective this morning. We don't want to be foolish. We want to be strong and courageous in our faith. Amen. Revelations 4, 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist. The Lord created what he pleased. That's you. That's me. That's us. He created what he pleased. As a young man, I can remember my dad's church. If you don't know, he he was a senior pastor for the first 13, 14 years of my life. I can remember the fire engine red carpet on the floor in Stockton, California. I remember the pews being bright red. And I remember him standing up there and starting the service. This is the day, this is the day. Sing along. That the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. Oh, I was a little too high. Sorry, guys. 
I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Yeah. Both my mom and dad have beautiful singing voices. My grandma on my mom's side was a southern gospel singer most of my life until she passed away. I can remember her singing a song, wrapped up, tied up, tang it all up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up. You know the song, tang it all up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tang it all up in Jesus, wrapped up, tied up, tang it all up in God. I can remember it like it was yesterday. Back in 1993, my family loaded up in a moving truck to move to the metropolis of Bakersfield, California. Yeah, I was a freshman in high school. I'll save that story for a different sermon. But later that year, I got connected with a youth group here at BFA. My youth pastor was Jeff Johnson. Anybody remember Jeff Johnson? Yep. I went on many missions trips with him and his crew of leaders. They loved the youth of this church. These folks had an important impact in cultivating influencing, molding, and guiding my life. Yes, some of you are in this room today. And I say thank you. Lance, do you remember the time we were deep down in Mexico and we had the Rock Olympics on the beaches of Mexico? That was awesome, thank you. Your brother's not here. Is he here, David? David, I don't know if you remember this, if you're watching online. Do you remember the time we built two houses in one week with a bunch of students? I do. That was awesome. I remember the six-inch concrete floor that we poured for a church that sat on a cliff. I didn't know why, but we were there doing it, and it was awesome. Thank you. I could tell story after story after story. I quickly became the part of the youth group here at BFA. I began to play drums. Anybody remember Manny Fonte? He found out that I was playing the cymbals or something in, in marching band, and he's like, hey, you're my new drummer. And I was like, okay, let's go. Our first big gig outside of playing worship on Wednesday night was in the gym across the campus, and we were playing for the 30-hour famine, which was on a New Year's Eve, and we were going to fast in the 30-hour famine. Well, I'm telling you what, for a teenage boy, I was starving. I was starving, yes, I was starving. We made it through. Thank you for asking. Yes, our band had a name. It was called Extol. I don't know why I called. I don't know why I said it like that, but it was awesome. (laughs) We even had a shirt made. There's the shirt. Look at there. That's literally crayon and uh, maybe some colored pencil. But we had one shirt made, and that was that was it right there. I remember the day of showing that off. And now I was going to bring the shirt, and I was telling Jackie that I pulled that thing out of my closet, and it is like I don't know what happened to it. It's yellow, and it's got. Anyway, so I didn't want to embarrass myself, so I didn't bring it, but I put a picture up there for you guys. The Hebrew word for extol is a prime root. It is to high, it's act, to raise, to rise, bring up, exalt, extol, give, go up, haughty heave, hold up, levy, lift up, lofty, loud, mount up, offer up, proud, set up, taller, breeds worms. What? Okay. <laughs> Let's leave that one alone. We're going to move on. I can remember Clint Taxtall playing the electric guitar, his brother Andy playing the bass guitar, Steve Markelson singing lead vocals. I'm on the drums. There may have been a couple other people in the band as well. It was awesome. God would pour out his presence upon the youth group. We love to worship. We only maybe knew a couple chords, but I tell you what, the Lord himself showed up in the room when we began to play. 
I had never experienced anything like this before. I remember one time we were at worship, I'm sorry, at winter camp. We were doing worship at the winter camp. The Holy Spirit was so present at that place. After hours of playing the drums, I remember just laying on the floor in exhaustion. One guy came up, thought I had passed out. (laughs) Nope, the Holy Spirit was all over me and it was awesome. Don't get me wrong, we had fun too. We had plenty of fun. But it was time to worship. We were all in. Students, I'm so glad that you're here today. You are wanted here. You are needed here. We all love you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Don't be a spectator. Get involved when we get when we get, get into worship. And many of you have said you love to see my kids worship, and I'm telling you what, not more than me. Not more than me. Many of you have said, man, Noah really sings when he worships. I can't take credit for that. But you're right, he does. Pray for us because, whoo, he's going to college this week. Now I'm going to miss him. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. You created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. That's you, that's me, that's us. My first point today, finally I got to a point, yeah. Don't let your self-doubt, fear, and anxiety separate you from worshiping your creator. Parents, What we do when we come to this building matters. What we do at home matters. Our children are watching, and it matters. I know life is hard sometimes, and when we walk into this room, maybe the week has beat you up. But let me tell you this. When you come into this room, it's time to lay it down at the altar and to worship God as if he is in the room. Psalms 112, 1 and 2 says, Praise the Lord, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. I received that this morning from my family and my kids. Do you this morning? The word fear means awe. An old song that comes to mind, and some of you are going to know it. Sing with me. I stand, I stand in awe of you. And I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due. I stand in awe of you. Beautiful. Can I tell you about an awe experience I had about three years ago, a little bit over three years ago, April of 2020. Anybody remember what was going on in April of 2020? Yeah, I don't want to really think about it, but we were on that mandatory quarantine stuff and have gone to bed, woke up in the middle of the night, and at first I thought a clock radio or something in the kitchen was playing or 
somebody left the TV on or something was going down. And so I began to hear this noise and I was like, what in the world? So I thought, I could, I, it's just me. Nobody else is waking up. So I tried to go back to sleep, but the, it just kept happening and kept happening and kept happening. So finally I got out of bed. I was like, okay. I walked up into the kitchen. Nothing's playing in the kitchen. Looked in the living room. TV's off. Walked down the hallway. Looked in the kid's room. Nope. No phones on. No nothing. Walked back into my room and I was trying to see if my wife was hearing this too. And she, no, she doesn't snore. She doesn't snore. Yeah. But she was out like a light. So I got back in bed and I was like, man, this is awesome. And I kept hearing glorious, glorious, glorious is he. Over and over, it was beautiful. And I, th- I kept, oh, man, this is an awesome dream. So I just laid there and, wow, Lord. And I fell back to sleep. A little bit later, woke back up. And <laughs> I got to admit, I thought it was a dream again. So I got up and walked into the kitchen, looking for stuff that was on, looked around the house, walked into my kid's room again, once again, got back in bed, and I just laid there and weeped. Glorious, glorious, glorious is he. Glorious, glorious, glorious is he is what I kept hearing. I don't know why. But I can tell you that the Lord reset something in me that night. When I got up the next morning, I didn't know what to say to anybody in the house. I was like, what? So that night we gathered back again for dinner and I asked my kids, do you guys hear anything last night? I was making, you know, my... Am I going crazy? Or, you know, ask my wife. No, I, I didn't hear anything. Did you? And I, I kind of, I was still raw and emotional, so I really didn't know what to say to them. So I kind of held on to that for a long time. But I, I will say that the Lord re- reset peace inside my life that night. And my hunger for worship has never been the same. I long to hear that again. Glorious, glorious is he. Psalms 1, I'm sorry, Psalms 66, 1 through 4. Shout for, God, for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praises glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. God wants our attention, our affection, in our praise, no matter how old we are. Pastor Nathan, you don't sing my favorite song. I'm sorry. Nathan, you don't sing the the latest and greatest version of whatever it is. I'm sorry. But I tell you what, I come to praise every Sunday. And I hope you do too. Jesus is called the lion in the tribe of Judah. The word Judah comes from one of the Hebrew roots, Yadad. And I hope I didn't mess that up, Pastor Ken. You got the Hebrew language guy over there. Yadad comes from the Hebrew word Yad, which means hands. Yadad literally means to praise with our hands, to throw heaping handfuls of praise to God. He comes from the tribe of praise. Isn't that awesome? Our creator comes from the tribe of praise. What is praise? Praise is an expression of approval or admiration. Expression is the key word here. Express means to make known. Praise is 
Make knowing what's in your heart. Praise is to make known what's in your heart. Praise expresses approval or admiration of who God is, what God is like, what God has done, and what God is going to do. Amen? Praise is who God is, what God is like, what God has done, and what God is going to do. Today, we're just going to talk about a few benefits of praise. And I tell you what, there's many. We're just going to talk about four this morning. But here we go. Physical expression has a spiritual consequences. In Exodus 17, we read about Aaron and her and set Moses on a rock and to hold his hands to defeat the Amalekites. Sometimes the difference between victory and defeat is this. Upraised hands. Sometimes, let me say it again, the difference between victory and defeat is upraised hands. Second point here, praise silences the enemy. Psalms 8 says, Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe of the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which are, have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of their hands. You have put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals, the birds in the skies and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. What he's saying here, you, he has built a stronghold by the songs of babies, strength rises up with a chorus of children singing. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Yes. Praise is a weapon that combats fear and defeats the lies of the accuser. Fear is just Satan's prophecy that God isn't good enough or strong enough. Praise shuts his mouth to God because God is truth. Have you ever had a nightmare and you woke up in the middle of the night or you're dreaming and you can't seem to wake up? Kathy was sharing one with me this morning. Oh man, I felt, and you had no idea what I was going to talk about today, but anyway, you can tell that story. It was, I was like, oh no, Kathy. Anyway, I've had similar, where you wake up in a panic and you know what I begin to do? I've taught myself to begin to pray and praise and that will shut the enemy's mouth no matter what is going on. Sometimes you got to get out of bed. You may have to lay on your face before the Lord, and if you begin to praise, he will shut the enemy's mouth. God defeats our enemies to the sound of praise. Praise is not about exercising power. Rather, it invites the power of God to show up. I'm inviting God to fight for me when I praise. Pastor Gary just spoke a couple weeks ago. He didn't know what I was speaking on. I didn't know what he was speaking on. But when King Jehoshaphat was facing attack from three enemy nations, all the people of Judah, Judea got down on their knees and prayed and praised God. They asked him what to do. The Lord told them it was not their fight. The king wisely sent out priests and worshipers, the worship team, ahead of the army. And this is what the worship team was singing. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. 
Let's say that together. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Second Chronicles 20, 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambush against the, the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sire, who were invading Judea. And they were defeated. That's incredible. To the sound of praise, God can defeat the enemies in our life. Praise is an antidote for depression and anxiety. As a society, it seems like we are battling this more and more. Or maybe we just hear about it more and more. But you hear about depression and anxiety all the time. I'm going to share something very personal with you today, and I hope that's okay. About 11 years ago, 11 and a half years ago, I had a fight with depression and anxiety. Things were not going as I had planned. I saw medical attention. I was subscribed, subscribed some antidepressants. And I tell you what, I felt like a failure as a Christian. I felt like I failed God. I believed his love and his perfect will for my life. But here I was struggling with depression and anxiety. The doctor gave me a prescription, took the bottle, I put it in my pocket. I felt embarrassed and confused, if I'm being honest. I asked God, why am I dealing with this? I told the Lord that I don't want to be bound by anxiety and depression. A few days go by, and a good friend was preaching that Sunday. He began to share about how the Lord had really helped him with his anxiety and depression. He shared about a book called The Anxiety Cure. I have that book sitting on my shelf in my office right now. Pastor James has referenced this book as well. This friend gave me a copy, and I reluctantly read it. This book is written from a very biblical perspective, so don't be scared if you need to get a copy of it. This book opened my eyes. Since then, I've told several people about this book. I've given a couple copies away. Through prayer, worship, the word of God, my wife, a friend, and a book that bondage had to leave in the name of Jesus. I carried that bottle of pills in my pocket for six months. I never took one pill. Yes. Please don't get me wrong. If you're prescribed medication, I'm not a doctor. You need to take your medication. But I am telling you that there is hope and there is healing today in Jesus Christ. Get help, pray, praise, and believe. Get help, pray, praise, and believe. And see what God can do in your life. Isaiah 61.3 says, To all who mourn in Israel, he gives a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair, festive praise instead of despair. If there's something heavy you're dealing with today, I challenge you to exercise praise in the midst of your depression. Praise is evangelistic. If you want to lead someone into Christ, start to praise. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on the solid rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him.
many will see and fear the Lord, that's evangelism. We should expect in the midst of our praise for somebody in this room, the Holy Spirit is going to tug on their heart and they're going to want to receive Christ. I believe the way that God is able to do all these things is shown in Psalms 22.8. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Another translation says, he inhabits the praises of Israel. As we praise, we are building a throne. And when the Lord shows up, he can do anything he wants to do. He saves, he heals, and he releases his power to love this world. What we do matters at the beginning of this service. We are building a throne for our Lord and Savior. Nathan, that sounds weird. That's okay. But how big is your throne? Do you bring a pocket-sized throne with you? Or do you, is your throne like the Bema seat that we hear about in Scripture? What if we enthrone Christ in our personal life? What if we enthrone Christ in our family's life? What if on Sunday when we showed up, we enthroned him with our praises? I'm telling you what, you're going to see life changes that you've never expected before. How we praise matters. Worship team, come on up. We're about to go to battle. Physical expression has spiritual consequences when we raise our hands. Victory sometimes is just possible when we raise our hands. Praise silences the enemy. God defeats our enemies to the sound of praise. Praise is an antidote for depression and anxiety. Praise is evangelistic. If you don't remember anything else I say today, I want you to remember this. You are chosen. That's you. That's me. That's us. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. He loves you today. That you may declare the praise of him who called you out of the darkness into wonderful light. 1 Peter 2.9 Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Nathan, I don't really enjoy praising. And that's okay. My, my prayer is that the Lord would deal with you on that. Nathan, you're the worship pastor. It's easy for you. No, some days it's not. Sometimes the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm not excluded from that. And I have to come ready to praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. If you're here today, and maybe something that I have said has sparked interest in you to know who this Jesus is today, This is a life-changing event that you're getting ready to have. God, we have praised you, Lord God. We have seen of your goodness and your grace and your love today. Penetrate someone's heart today. Don't give it a second thought. If you would like to receive Christ today, prayer partners, come forward, please. We're gonna go over to this side if you'd like to receive Christ today, come over on this side of the, my right, your left. 
We have wonderful people that lead to lead you into the sinner's prayer. But our altar today is more than that. That's awesome. I want to come down and meet you. What are you battling today? If you need God to work on your behalf, this altar is open for you to lay down your burdens and your pains and your woes and your worries, to never pick them up again. God, we worship you today, Lord Jesus, because of who you are. The benefits, Lord Jesus, outweigh everything else, Lord, in our lives. May our praise for the things of this world, Lord Jesus, never outweigh the praises that we have for you in our heart. Open our eyes today, Lord God. So we're going to sing a song, Raise a Hallelujah. The word hallelujah means to praise God. So as we close this morning, the altars are open. If you want to find a place down here at the altar to kneel, you want to stand down here and raise your hands as a sign of victory over your life, come down to the altar this morning as we begin to praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to raise a hallelujah, Jimmy. Let's go. You're welcome to stand as we sing this morning. Raise a hallelujah. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.